All right, how's everybody this morning? All right, I left my hearing aids back in the hotel, which means I may be speaking lower than normal, so some of you will be blessed, but I want you all to hear me, amen? So, appreciate, I, I, I had 72 points, can you all hear me seriously? Right, I had 72 points, I thought he said preach through tonight's service, so... Uh, just kidding. But I do encourage you to come as we're standing. I do encourage you to open to 1 Kings 17. I do encourage you to come tonight. I'm going to be preaching a message uh, called The Man Who Had Influence With God. Amen. The Man Who Had Influence With God. So something a little bit different today. If you're first-time visitor, you don't like the preaching, I'm not the pastor, so please come back. Amen. But I do appreciate Pastor Muncie, and you don't know how it struck my heart when he said I'm a friend of the church. And that, that means more to me than you realize. So uh, I'm going to preach what God put on my heart this morning, and that's what I have to do. I'm not here to be popular. I'm not here to be liked. I don't mind being liked, amen. Uh, but I want to preach God's word, amen. Our world's in a mess today, amen. So 1 Kings chapter 17, 1 Kings 17 And it came to pass after these things, that's verse 17. So 1 Kings 17, 17, and it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house fell sick and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, what have I to do with thee, O thou man of God, art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? Verse 19, and he said unto her, give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come unto him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. And the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. Amen. Now, if you would, turn over to Psalms chapter 97. Psalms chapter 97. And look with me, if you would, at verse 10. Psalm 97, verse 10. The Bible... The Bible says, I'm sorry, look at uh, Psalm 85, Psalm 85, jumping ahead of myself, Psalm 85, verse 6. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Heavenly Father, we ask for your help this morning. I pray, Lord God, you'd give me clarity of thought and mind. Physically, you'd give me the strength to, to be up here today. I thank you for the privilege of being behind this pulpit I thank you for being called a friend of the church here at Landmark Baptist Church. I pray, Lord, you'd bless the work that's being done here. I pray, Lord God, you'd bless everything and every individual here. I pray that your work would continue, that the Spirit of God would have free reign, not just uh, here as a local church, but, Lord, this morning. I pray, Lord, you'd give me clarity of thought and mind, help me to know when to be quiet and when to continue. I pray you'd help us today to get everything out of our mind from uh, things this afternoon to dinner to business to work tomorrow to lunch yes, uh, you know, tomorrow and next week, what we're doing and bills to pay and help us to focus upon your word. I beg you for your help and thank you in Christ's name. Amen. All right, go ahead and have a seat if you would. So I'm not too loud, am I? Not yet. Amen. Hallelujah. Just kidding. 
if I get loud, by the way, I don't do it for show. I do it because I have a passion about God's book. You're looking at a guy who 45, 42 years ago, actually, had been saved 41 and a half years. I laughed at people that carried a Bible. I was full of pride. I was wicked as, as anything. Amen. And I thank God God saved me, and I thank God he gave me a Bible, amen? And I just want to share some things with you this morning. I want to preach a message to you today called Why We Have No Revivals. Amen. There's a lot of stuff going on in our society today and out in the media and you got movies and you got uh, stuff going on at universities and people talking about a revival, 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 revival. Well, I want to share with you something, <clears throat> just a little fact here, and that is when revival really hits, you, you end up seeing it in the community in which you live. And I'm telling you, we live in a day today where our world is in a mess and what God's people need is to be revived again. Amen. When we got saved, the Bible says we were made alive. Thank God for that. But as believers, you ever get complacent? You ever get lazy? You ever get where you don't care? Listen, a general revival is when God's people get a fresh breath of life from God. Amen. And I think we need that. You say, wait a minute, you're at Landmark Baptist Church. I know exactly where we're at. I'm telling you, I need it. I think a lot of us need it. Amen. I'm talking about uh, to be revived again, a fresh view of God working in our life. You remember what it was like when you first got saved and nothing else mattered? You didn't know the doctrine. You didn't know your theology, but you knew Jesus Christ died for you. He saved you. He washed away your sins in his blood and you wanted to live for him and love him. Amen. Revive, to bring to life, to live again, to rouse. Basically, it could be to stir up, to receive new life or new vigor. I want to ask you today, do you need new life? Do you need new vigor? Anybody here, be honest and say, you know what? I don't have the love I used to have. I need to be revived this morning. I need to have a fresh view of God this morning. Amen. Anybody? I do, I'm telling you, you're the preacher. Yeah, guess what, I do. Amen. And we want to play games, we want to go to church, and church is great. Hallelujah, thank God for a good local church. But America needs revived, amen. Galatians chapter 3, first thing we're going to look at, Galatians chapter 3. So hopefully nobody's having a problem hearing me, Amen. Galatians chapter 3. Thank God for his book. Amen. Galatians chapter 3. You know, we, we tell a lost person that they're not ready to get saved until they have a conviction of sin and they see their need of a Savior. Am I right? Am I right? I, I wasn't sure there. Amen. Uh, but you know, what about in our Christian life for needing revived? Do we, in, until we see our need of being revived and a new vigor and a new life for Christ, then we're not going to get it. So I'm, I'm going to ask you to be honest with yourself this morning. And by the way, if, if you say, I don't need revival. Let me ask your wife. Let me ask your children. Amen? Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Let me just share this with you. Uh, revival starts with the saved, amen? And so the very first thing is, are you saved? You say, why would you bring that up here? I, do, I bring it up every time I preach, amen? I, I think that the church sometimes is the greatest mission field in America, amen? 
I, I, I talked to a, a, a gentleman years ago. He was about 95 years old. I said, are you saved? Deacon of a Baptist church for about 70 years. I said, sir, are you saved? He goes, well, I'm a Baptist and I'm a deacon. That's not the answer. You're either saved or you're lost. Which are you? Amen. You better mean business with God this morning. You could drop dead tomorrow. You say, why do you get so stirred up when you evangelize? Why do you, listen, I sat in a car the other day and I've been saved for 41 and a half years. I've been preaching since almost that day or witnessing and evangelizing. And I sat and some woman came by and smoking her cigarette and this and that. And by the way, you say, oh no, I can't believe that. Well, what sin do you have that you're not afraid to expose? Amen. Years ago, I would have been a sense of condemnation. We all struggle with things, amen? I sat in my car weeping like a baby the other day. And I got on the phone and called a dear friend of mine. So my heart is broken for these people. Are you saved this morning? We deserve hell, every one of us. Ten million times since we've been saved. And you, so, sometimes it's, it's, like, it's like trying to, to start a dead battery when you preach revival in half the churches in America. Because there's no life in the battery. And it's dead and it's gone. And needs. In the, but you know what? It, it, it's, the, the problem is a lot of God's people are supposedly in our churches. A lot of members are not God's people, are not saved. So my question is, are you really saved this morning? And if you're not, you need, to, you need to get right with God today before you leave those doors. I'm telling you from personal experience, you can count on tomorrow. And it may not be there for somebody you love. And it may not be there for you. You better come to Christ before it's everlasting too late. There's not a person in hell that doesn't regret that they never turned to Christ. Amen? Next thing, look at uh, uh, Psalm 97. Psalm 97. And I appreciate being here. It's a privilege for me to be here. And I appreciate the opportunity to preach. uh, And a preacher who's never told me what to preach or what not to preach. And that's a blessing. You're in a unique place. I'll share that with you right now. Maybe by the time we're done, you'll say, Brother Muncie, maybe you should have told them what to preach or not to preach. Amen. <laughs> by the way, it's okay to smile in church. Hallelujah. Uh, Psalm 97, verse 10, ye that love the Lord hate evil. I want to share with you what I think is probably uh, one of the biggest reasons that we don't have revival and why, why we don't have revival in our country is because of sin in the church. We talk about the sin of the world and all the garbage that's going on and how detestable it is and the homosexuality and the drunkenness and the immorality and all the stuff that's going on. But I'm telling you, what about sin in the church? Our world is in a mess. The world, you expect them to do wrong. I've had three people call me in the last week. Divorce is ready to happen. And I'm not, saying, I'm not saying God can't forgive divorce. Do not take me wrong, please. People ready to, to, to commit suicide, drunkenness, pornography, addictions to, to sin. The problem isn't the sin out there. The reason why we have no revivals in America is in the sin right here, right in our Baptist churches, right in our Bible churches, among the Christians. We're not sinning. We're doing okay. What are we looking at on our phones? What are we watching? What are we listening to? Amen? 
What used to be considered pornography is sold in the Walmart DVD section of your local store. I'm not here to, I got to word this right, I messed it up one time. I'm not here to hurt you, I'm here to help you. You know what needs revived? God's people. You know what needs revived? Our homes, our marriages. People married 20, 30 years and saying, well, I don't love him anymore. What about commitment? Amen? Sin is rampant in our churches. Preacher, you don't know him. I'm not gossiping. Boom, commits adultery. Independent Baptist pastor. Justifies it at first. Then lies about it. But it's just in the last few weeks. Christians embezzling funds. Adultery going on. Let me, let me share something with you. God will never provide you another man's wife. You get that? God will never lead you to somebody else's wife. Amen? Sin is rampant. Yes, I'm thankful for a forgiving God. But the problem is in our circles today, we don't know what church discipline is. We don't know what it means to actually uh, confront somebody and say, I love you as a brother in Christ. I love you as a sister in Christ. But something needs to be dealt with as far as sin. Where are we at? Where are you at when it comes to sin? Where are you at with things you've allowed in your life that shouldn't be there? Why is it that some of the statistics for sin are very parallel among the Christian world as it is for the non-Christian world? There's something wrong with that. So do you want refresh this morning? Amen? Would you like a, a fresh dose of so the Spirit of God and God re, re, just putting new life in you? Would you? If you'd like that, say amen. I left the hearing aid in the hotel. I can't hear you. If, you, if you'd want that, say amen. Just kidding. I could hear you. Then how's your sin thermometer? Oh, I don't have a problem with this or that. You yell at your wife. Amen. We're going to cover something tonight. It's not going to be real popular, but here it'll be accepted. I thank God for forgiving God. At the same point, there's got to be consequences. And we want rest. I'm all for restoration. I preached that last time, Galatians 6.1. The problem is we want restoration today without any repentance of sin. Amen? And that's not how it works in God's book. So if you've got sin in your life today, right now, I'm going to call you out now, not, not your name, amen, I don't know, I don't want to know. But I'm going to call you to a challenge in 15, 20 minutes to get right with God at this altar and get right with whoever you've offended. Confess, renounce, and resist the devil. Amen? Our world's a mess. Look at... Uh, James chapter 4, along those lines. James chapter 4. Everybody with me? Nobody's throwing anything at me yet, amen? James chapter 4. James chapter 4. And look with me, if you would, at verse 7. 
Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The problem is we're not resisting. Amen? Yeah, we all struggle in the flesh. We all deal with the flesh. But how much do we resist? Draw nigh to God. This is written to God's people, to believers. You are just as, it is just as possible for you as a believer to fall in the most wicked, ungodly sin there is. This is written to God's people. And we're afraid to talk about things. We're afraid to go to a brother. We covered some of that last time. We're afraid to go to a sister. We're afraid to talk about things. Just picture this right now. I don't know what's going through your mind, but God does. And when I preach on sin and God brings something to your mind, that's the Holy Spirit of God. That's not me. Amen. And if it goes undealt with, don't get, don't get mad at me. If it goes undealt with today and you said you want a revival, you're a liar. If you don't deal with it, am I right? It's time to be in business with God, amen? Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands as written to believers, ye sinners. And purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaven. Is humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Next thing, look with me if you Ephesians 5.11. And again, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. But you know what? When we go to the doctor, what do we want? We don't want, if, if you find out, you, if you know you've got cancer and you went to the doctor and he said, well, I knew you had it a year before, but I didn't want to offend you, we'd be irate. Amen. The problem is we got, a, we got a King James Bible and we accuse everybody else of changing it and perverting it to the new versions. And I'm, a, I'm King James only, amen? You know what the problem is? We do the same thing they do. We pick and choose. Amen? Look at Ephesians chapter 5, second point. Third, well, third point, whatever. Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful forests of darkness, but rather reprove them. It's not enough to say I'm against sin. If I was to name the, the most blatant sins out there, you'd say, amen, I'm against it. Most of you would, if not all of you. But you know what the problem is? It says not only to not have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, it says, but rather reprove them. Part of the reason we have no revival in our churches today is because God's people do not open their mouth about sin. The world does. I'm out there preaching to the Kentucky Derby. I got a sign that says, male and female created he them. And I said, how come a horse knows the difference between male and female? But half of American citizens in our country are afraid to say so because it's not politically correct. And yet God's people are the same way. We're afraid of what somebody else will think. We'll speak about uh, sin from that pulpit. We'll speak about sin amongst each other. But how much do we go out and name sin, do what God tells us to do, according to Ephesians 5.11? I'm not saying to be mean. The part that we have no, there's no, we're not light. We're not affecting anybody anymore. I had unsaved people when I made that statement at the Derby doing this, give me thumbs up. I, listen, there's not 477.3 genders. There's two. That's it. And by the way, God can save a transgender. I don't want any of them to go to hell. God can save a homosexual, adulterer, drunkard, fornicator, liar, gossip, thief. He can even save a Baptist who's a church member who's never gotten saved. 
But you know what? We ought to be outraged. Listen, I've preached gay pride parades numerous times. Part of the reason they have the freedom they do today is because God's people 30, 40, 50 years ago started to be quiet about sin. We need to be outraged. Amen? You need to be outraged. Mama, you need to be outraged. I had a group of probably 15 younger women, probably 25, 30 years old. And and mainly I'm preaching the gospel, but I I would bring that statement out a little bit. And then these women went by and they were scoffing, mocking, laughing. I said, do you have a problem with that, ma'am, ladies? And they did. They were upset. You're going to upset the world, but the problem is sometimes we're more man-pleasers than God-pleasers. I remember years ago, I used to, there was a grocery chain up north, somewhere, I don't remember, Florida, I think it was, that's south, amen, so, and there was a store called Winn-Dixie, I don't know if they're still open, and I used to go in there, and I'd see the, you know, my kids were little, and it really bothered me, the Cosmopolitan, I call it Trashopolitan magazine, anybody familiar with that, anybody seen it in the stores? The words on it were worse than the pictures, so I, I was like, it's eye level for my kids. I'd turn them around. Then I thought, you know, I'm going to do more than that. I'd go into the store every time I'd go to shop, which I'm a Baptist like five times a week. So every time I'd go into shop, get food, amen, I'd grab a buggy. That's what they call them down south. They call them shopping carts. I do. Go down south. So uh, I, I'd go into the store and I'd load up all, I'd go down every aisle and load up all the magazines and put them in the, the buggy. I'd walk him up to customer service and say, that should not be at eye level for my five-year-old. I understand if you want to put it on your shelf, then, then go put it somewhere else. And so it got to a point where one day I walked in, and one of the managers saw me. Before I did anything, he grabbed a buggy. He knew what I was going to do. He went by, and he took all the magazines from every rack. You're talking hundreds of them. And he brought them up to customer service because he knew I was going to do it anyways. Amen. We need to be outraged. We need to speak out. We need to, to, to verbalize. Do we really believe that God's word is true? Do we really believe that those things are sin? Then we are hypocrites if we're not speaking out. I, and, and listen, I'm not being macho. I'm not being Rambo. But I'll tell you what. Man walks into a, 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 a department store, a restroom, and uh, back when my wife was alive or my daughter's there, there's going to be something happen. And I'm not trying to be macho, but that ought to bother us. Amen. You can think I'm a fanatic all you want to. When that stuff first hit, in between the laps from when I preached here before up until last year, that stuff hit. I went into three Target stores, and you have to do what I do. Amen. But God just stirred my heart. What's going on here? And I used to like shopping at Target. I, good clearance items. Amen. I'm cheap. I'm thrifty. Six kids. I have to be. Amen. But I walked into Target three times. And I didn't do my street preaching voice, but I was pretty loud. And I'd say, something's wrong with America when you got men dressing like women going into ladies' restrooms. They didn't know what to do. And it took them about four or five minutes to, because I'd keep saying the same thing. They asked me to leave. Legally, I got to leave. That's radical. That's fanatical. That's wild. That's crazy. That's why sin is so rampant. Do not complain about the sin out there if you're not going to speak out against it and give God's view. That's part of the reason we have no revival. Look at uh, Ephesians chapter 5. 
Tell you what, let's go to Amos chapter 6. I'm going to do that instead. Amos chapter 6. Due to time. Amos chapter 6. I do have more points. I'm not going to have time to get to them, and that's okay. One thing I pray when I preach is, God, shut my mouth when you want me to shut my mouth. And I'm going to stick within the boundaries of time that Pastor Muncie gave me. Amos chapter 6. Look at me, if you would, at verse 1. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. I want you to do me a favor. Sometime between now and you go to bed tonight, read down to chapter 6. But I'm going to tell you a third reason uh, why we have no revivals in America. Four, whatever I'm on, I don't remember. Four, we're comfortable. And we're not working. We're at ease. I was in two branches of the United States military. And, and uh, I learned a lot, amen? I learned you don't talk back without consequences. Help me out a lot, Amen. But you know, when you're in the, when you're in the military uh, and they say, attention, that means they're giving you instructions for you to go to work. Amen? When they say at ease, you do this. You can relax a little bit. Amen? You know where God's people are today? We're at ease. We're comfortable. We are idle. We think we are doing God's service by coming to church and uh, two, three times on a Sunday, having things that are like going on this afternoon, coming back Wednesday night, maybe showing up for a ladies' prayer meeting. We are comfortable. You know, it would be good to be out of our comfort zone. And, and to uh, look with me, if you would, go back to Ezekiel 16. We're idle, we're idle, we're idle. We're comfortable and we're not working. And we want to stand up for God and what he, everybody in this room, it's saved. If I was to ask you, do you want to stand up for God? You would say yes. But if I was to say, are you willing to stand up for God out there, putting yourself in an environment where, where's Warren at? Where's Warren? I got to pick on one of the few names I remember. Okay. You're alone. Nobody's around you. You're in a, a Walmart line. There's no Christians around you. No church support. Not, not any of your family. And you step in the line and somebody starts spewing out God's name in vain. Four, five, six, seven times. What do you do? The average Christian, nothing. We're, we're lazy in our modern Christianity. We're comfortable. We don't want to be uncomfortable. You think Jesus Christ was comfortable being crucified to the cross? You read about, you read Fox's book of martyrs. You think they were comfortable when they were crucified? Peter, tradition says, crucified upside down because he wasn't worthy to be crucified like Christ. We are comfortable. We are at ease. We act like we're at attention waiting for instructions, but then we go to at ease and we stay there. I won't turn there due to time, but 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. Have a mindset of serving God, a mindset of evangelizing, a mindset of discipling, a mindset of praying for others, a mindset of being able to encourage others. Amen. Look at Ezekiel chapter 16, look at verse 49. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride. This sounds like America. It sounds like Christianity. Amen? Pride, fullness of bread. We got everything we need. We got three TVs and four remote controls. Figure that one out. We got two cars. We got this house. We got, our, we got food on our table. Amen? We got fullness of bread. We don't need anything. That's when we need God, when we think we don't need anything. That's when we need revived. Notice what it says here. 
and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. I believe this is in reference to the times before Sodom and Gomorrah, that this was what was existent before the sin became rampant. An abundance of idleness. Oh, but brother, we got church, you know, all day Sunday now. Oh, I can't believe it. And you're preaching. You're going to go longer probably. And you got Wednesday night and we got this and we got that and we got street preaching. We got soul winning and we got all this other stuff. I'm not saying you don't need time with your families. I'm not saying you don't need, you got children, you got to raise them. Some of you have children that are just called your husbands. You got to help them. Amen. Smile. But at the same point, most Christians will leave this building and they'll stop and get gas or go get a bite to eat and never think of giving a gospel tract to somebody. I I call it what America needs is what what American Christians need is a lifestyle change, a mindset that God, you send me to who you want to send me to this week, this day, Amen. So go if you would to Ephesians chapter five, verse eighteen. Ephesians five eighteen. And again, I am a third time. I am here to help you and encourage you. When the, when the church is, and our families and our, are in almost as much trouble as the world, there's a problem. Amen? Look at Ephesians chapter 5 and look at verse 18. And be not drunk with wine, amen? Wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. If I was to ask you right now, I've got about five minutes left. If I was to ask you right now, if you're, sa- if you're saved, raise your hand. If you're saved, let me see it, amen? All right, thank you. If I was to ask you right now, those that are saved, are you filled with the Holy Spirit of God right now as we talk? I'm not asking you to raise your hands. Are we, you know, you know, what, you know what though? We're filled with everything else. You want to know one of the biggest things people are in, and I'm talking about Christians, I'm talking about me. When I preach to you, I'm preaching to me. I need this, amen? We're full of self. I believe one of the greatest sins, my wife said this years ago, and I had to agree with her, one of the greatest sins in America is self-centeredness. And it's the same in our churches. What makes me happy? You survive to make me happy. Oh, I didn't feel good. You know what? We are full of ourself, amen? It's all about us. It's all about me. It's all about how I feel, Amen? Why are our marriages in so much trouble? You, you, listen, anybody who's had marriage troubles, you know that's part of the problem. But we're full of other things too. Listen, I have no, I have no problem if you like baseball, amen. I could never figure out liking a sport where no, there was no blood or nobody got hurt, amen. I liked boxing, amen. I, I don't play golf. I ran, boxed, lifted weights. I don't really watch anything anymore. There's nothing wrong with enjoying some things, amen? It's between you and God. Don't let somebody else dictate that to you. Let you and the Spirit of God dictate that to you, amen? But the problem is we're obsessed in in our Christian circles. We are obsessed with the world. We can know football statistics for the last 10 years, amen? And yet God's people don't know the Word of God, or they know it, but it's here and it's not here are you filled with the Spirit of God? I don't say that self-righteously. There's times where I'm not. We need revival in our churches. I had about six more points. I'm going to close with this. 
If somebody wants to come up and play the piano, I'm going to ask you today, altar call time. Let's be real with God. Amen? Ask your husband, ask your wife, ask yourself, ask God, do I need revived? Number one, if you're not saved, come forward to get saved today. Come to Christ. Be plenty of people here to talk to you. Number two, do you see your need of revival? Do you see your need of revival? Anybody here? Raise your hand. Anybody? Then come forward, just talk to the Lord. It's not a numbers thing. It's not going to be reported in sort of the Lord. Let's be real with God. Sit in your life. Do you need revived in your marriage? Your walk with God? Are you speaking out about sin the way you should? Are you too casual? Are you afraid to get out of your comfort zone? Are you serving the Lord? I'm done. If God's dealt with your heart, I ask you to come.